Hey there, and thanks for joining in today's episode of Food Biz Whiz. This episode is being recorded on Tuesday, March 17th, 2020, just days after President Trump declared a national emergency in light of the coronavirus outbreak. And I am joined by fellow food industry consultant Amrit Richmond to talk about the current state of the food industry and how we can adapt to change. We have a lot to talk about today, so let's get right to it. You're listening to Food Biz Whiz, the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Ali Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. Before we jump in, I want to invite you to my key three accountability challenge, a free accountability check-in that we're doing over in my Food Biz Whiz Facebook group for the next month. Starting on Monday, March 30th and continuing throughout the month of April, together we'll take small daily steps to move forward with our businesses, ourselves, and our community. If you guys have been following me for a while, you know that I'm all about the key three, that idea that we should focus on three things each day to move the needle forward in our business. And for this next month, I'm suggesting that we focus on finding a balance here, doing one key thing daily for our businesses, one thing daily for ourselves during these uncertain times, and one thing for our community, because we could all benefit from the power of connection right now. If that sounds like something you're interested in, find the link to join for free in our show notes or at foodbizwiz.com. I can't wait to support you over there for the next few weeks. Welcome, Amrit. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you, Ali. I'm excited to to chat too. Yeah, Um, me too. Me too. I feel so grateful. You and I talked about this offline, but I feel so honored that you are here to talk about this timely topic with me and grateful as a whole for all that you do within the CPG community. So I'm, I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. And, and likewise, I learned so much from your content. Thanks. So as I mentioned, my listeners, we have so much to talk about in this episode today, and we have a lot of relevant information to give to our food and beverage community. But before we jump into supporting our listeners, I want to talk a bit more, Amrit, about how you work with emerging brands in the CPG industry. And I know I, I know that you do a lot. We brainstormed a handful of topics that we wanted to talk about on the podcast today. Nothing to do with coronavirus, but we ultimate deci- ultimately decided to shift the topic towards adapting to change as our industry, like so many other industries, is facing a confusing time right now. So Amri, can we start there? And can you tell us a bit more about how you support brands as a whole in our industry? Sure. I consult with sustainable brands and consumer insights, research, and ecosystem strategy. Sometimes that means looking at a market for competitors and incumbents, looking at complementary brands for partnerships or new sales channels where all of those brands are selling so indie brands can get a head start with their market strategy. Mm -hmm. Other times, my client projects are talking directly with consumers via surveys, phone calls, and in-person interviews to test a client's messaging, packaging, or overall brand strategy to make sure it resonates. Um, I've also researched how people spend and save their money, the meal kit and grocery delivery market, 
health and wellness, what consumers want versus need, and CPG categories that are recession-proof and always frequent purchases. Yeah. So we, we, when we originally brainstormed topics, we were like, we could talk about consumer insights. We could talk about target audiences. We could talk about partnerships, like lots of different things. And I'm, I'm glad that we shifted gears here. So I know besides consulting, you also co-organize Indie CPG. Can you tell us more about what that is? Indie CPG is a global community of sustainable brands that get our weekly newsletter with resources, opportunities, and back-channel connections to each other or other industry partners that can help their brands grow. Um, It's important to us that everyone in the network has sustainability somewhere in their supply chain, whether Mm. it's their packaging, their ingredients. Um, Some brands go above and beyond and have an impact element to their business model, like one-for-one. They donate to charity or they employ people to give them um, fair wages for their, their end product. And Having everyone have that in common aligns them on values, obviously, but it also makes it easier for our collaborators on the back end mm. to, to find them different opportunities. They're all targeting the same customers, the same investors, the same retailers, and we can apply a lot of really interesting network effects to helping these brands grow and scale. Yeah, I I have to say, I love reading the Indie CPG newsletter. I feel like it is it does a great job of summarizing what's going on week in and week out in our, you know, specialty and natural channels. I I find it so valuable. So, um, and that's pretty new. I feel like it's, gosh, not even a year old, right? A a little less than than nine months. Yeah. Wow. Um, And you're gaining pretty fast traction there. So congratulations (laughs) on that. Thank you. We we are are growing quickly and trying to get as many brands that share our values in the network as possible, especially right now, so that they can connect with each other and make this change transition a little bit easier for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And then beyond that, I know that you, like me, (laughs) just love supermarkets and grocery stores and are all about everything in the the packaged food and beverage industry. I do. Uh, Supermarkets are my Disneyland. I love visiting them when I need to think to do client research or just to stroll the aisles for new products and cooking inspiration. I'm constantly buying products made by brands in our community or just interesting stuff I see on the shelves that I feel like is differentiated in some way. Maybe it's a new international condiment that looks fun to cook with. Um, I I get a a lot of inspiration just by bringing new products into my home and trying them. Yeah, me too. I feel like we... I feel like you and I have such a such great jobs, right? I'm like my job is to keep up with what is going on on store shelves and I I love it so much. Um although I have to admit like for me there is, you know, having worked in a physical, you know, a brick and mortar grocery store for so long, when I go browse the grocery store shelves, you'll often find me like fronting the product and re-merchandising and like trying to like physically make the shelves look a little bit tidier as well. I can't help it. I I definitely do that too, especially for my friends in the the beverage refrigerators. I'm always turning their <laughs> products around to make sure that they look perfect. Exactly. I'm like, if I can do this tiny thing to help sales, like I'm going to do it. Um, okay. So let's let's talk about what's currently going on. I think that's really what our listeners are interested in now. So can we talk about, gosh, so like I said, it's March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. Let's talk about what is currently happening in the food industry. 
So it started with Expo West being postponed the first week of March. Amrit, were you already down there? Were like, what was, what was your transition like that, that week of, during the week of tension and then the, you know, the resolution? I was in Los Angeles, ready to drive to Anaheim the next day mm-hmm. and uh, really looking forward to the show. We had over 50 community members exhibiting there. Uh, additional friends were going to be there as well, just walking the show. Um, and then we, we got the news that it was postponed, which I think we all agree was the right decision. Yes. yes. Um, but the, the challenge for brands right now is that they're still looking for the the resources and opportunities that were going to come about at that show. And if you're not meeting retailers and investors at a, a huge trade show like that, how can you do that on your own or through, through brokers or online platforms that connect everybody? Um, and in a normal case, you, you could catch up with the momentum that you lost at a, at a trade show, but then the coronavirus started spreading and it completely changed the way that consumer goods are, are purchased and moved around the country. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like it's, so, it's a really challenging, like one-two punch that that's happening for our emerging brands community right now. Yes. So, so right now with with New Hope moving all of their resources to Expo East to make that the premier trade show of the year for for them and on all of the brands that they work with, uh, that's still six months away. And yeah. six months is a really big gap if you're not building your retailer relationships. Yep. So with the show not happening for six months, this leaves brands needing to do their own retail outreach and making sure that they're they're getting new accounts, whether they're online or offline. And some brands are wondering how they're going to fund their businesses in the next six to nine months, whether they're experiencing an increase or decrease in sales right now due to coronavirus. Yeah. And I think I I think it's interesting or I I I I'm excited or happy that you mentioned that, that some brands are seeing an increase in sales due to coronavirus. I mean, we're seeing this in retail ready. I would say probably a third of my students in there have products that are, you know, helpful for your immune system or their functional foods or their pantry staples or things that people are flocking to right now. And so we're seeing this this challenging situation happening where some of the brands are frankly a little a little bit happy and relieved that their sales are spiking right now while on the other hand those ones who are seeing you know sales decrease are are on edge mhm yeah 100% and i think the brands out there that are seeing a decrease in sales it could be a discovery problem. It means that you have to get in front of more people that aren't looking for new products in, in retail right now. They're at home. So how can you get creative to get their attention online in really authentic ways, whether it's new online channels or e- uh, curated e-commerce where you can sell your product, selling direct to consumer, um, getting creative with the advertisements and email campaigns that you put out, encouraging people to tell their friends, um, any any um, missed opportunity right now, you just have to open another door and, and find another channel to to get in front of the people that are looking for your product. Yeah, I think that's a great point, and I think it's one that I want to I want to dig a little bit deeper on in a in a moment. But can we circle back a second and talk? I, I want to close the loop here on moving away from Expo and being in this sticky situation where 
with coronavirus, we are finding that the number one focus for buyers, for wholesale buyers right now is keeping their shelves stocked, right? Like that is what they are focused on day in and day out right now and making sure that they have product to sell to to people who desperately need it. So um, Amrit, I know you and I talked offline a little bit about this, but thinking about this question of if you are someone who is planning to go to Expo or if you are a brand who's releasing a new product line right now or any brand who's looking to increase their wholesale accounts, like is it a good time or not to pitch your brand to new retailers? Um, I've got some thoughts here, but I, I'll let you I'll let you chime in if you have anything you want to say before I jump in on that. Sure. Um, my answer is if if I was uh, working in-house at a brand right now, I would be focusing my attention on e-commerce and making sure that my current retail partners have what they need from us to keep stocking their shelves. But yep. in terms of new accounts, I would be looking to e-commerce. Yep, absolutely. Okay, great. We're exactly on the same page. <laughs> when I, so, you know, my, my background is in grocery buying and wholesale strategy. So when I think, when I look at the situation here and I think about my time as a grocery buyer, if I am focused on maintaining inventory, I am not focused on bringing in new product lines. I almost think of it as it's all, it's almost like a buyer in the fourth quarter, right? They are so heads down in turkeys and candy canes that it almost feels disrespectful to reach out to them when their focus is entirely on something else. Um, and I think the our listeners really need to think about that and respect that in this situation, knowing that a buyer simply doesn't have the capacity to bring in new products, even if your product is one that in theory could help shoppers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think you you bring up a great point. Like, what? where do they go instead? What do these listeners do who just heard this information straight out of my mouth and your mouth um, and who are feeling frustrated or, you know, um, bummed out that they know, that they learn it's not the time to pitch to new brick and mortar retailers right now. Uh, you say turn to e-commerce. I absolutely agree with you. And I want to emphasize that they should be supporting the accounts who are already stocking them and making sure that they are treating those accounts with utmost care and and respect, right? 100%. Yeah. Okay. So e-commerce, do you want to start, do you want to talk about new channels? Yes. Um, I would look at online retailers like Thrive Market that are 100% direct to consumer. They curate similar products that you would find in a natural grocery store. And they also have private label brands. And they're they're keeping a lot of families fed and stocked right now that aren't able to get to a grocery store or maybe their grocery stores are sold out. Um, There's also Lucky Vitamin, Bubble Goods, Mm -hmm. um, Imperfect Foods that started with selling ugly produce, but recently they've now introduced packaged goods and focusing on products that help people cook Um, condiments, healthy beverages, um, also similar to that natural grocery customer, but all all online. And they serve 42 cities around the country. Um, There's also more niche websites like mouth.com for condiments Mm -hmm. and um, snacks and and fun um, candy that people might be looking for right now as comfort Mm -hmm. snacks. Yeah. And I think Um, what I'm hearing too is that you didn't 
you didn't jump right to direct to consumer. So when you said e-commerce, one of the, where your brain went first is still wholesale accounts through e-commerce like Thrive Market. So I think, and I, I absolutely agree with you here that the trend is that we're going to see shoppers want to fill up an entire digital shopping cart with mm-hmm. all their favorite brands, right? So I think we will see a bit more direct to consumer as well, especially as households have brand loyalty to these emerging brands. Um, but as a whole, we're going to see shoppers want to, you know, want to still want to order through a platform that does have a, a broader variety of household groceries. Yes. And there, there are a lot of benefits to curated e-commerce because there's a discovery element. Um, your product could be perfect for a roundup of healthy pantry staples that one of those websites mm-hmm. is working on this month. Um, and it would, it would make it much easier for you to, to push the inventory that you have yeah. through, through these curated marketplaces online yeah. than it would be to start a, a brand new direct-to-consumer strategy on your website right now. Um, that's a wonderful strategy if you have people to implement it and really grow that channel for you. Um, but if, if I was a brand that wasn't selling online at all yet, and I had a ton of inventory, I would be getting it to people that, that can ship it for me. Yeah. Um, and, and make sure yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, that I'm bringing new revenue in, that I'm taking care of my team and that I'm getting my products to customers that really need it right now. Yeah. Um, you have plenty of time to set up your own website this year. Um, in the short term, I would be working with these curated websites, curated e-commerce. I am so, I'm so happy that you and I are aligned here because I will tell you while I'm so proud of my retail ready students and the response within our, within our student Facebook group, you know, there are some people in there who are saying, you know, what am I going to do with all this time on my hands? Like I really like the number one thing I need to do right now is focus direct to consumer. And my response has been like, well, <laughs> do you have the skills to do that? Do you have the bandwidth to do that? Do you, you know, have you ever put an e-commerce strategy, a direct-to-consumer e-commerce strategy in place? If not, it might not be the right time to go down that channel. Right. So to, yeah. to recap there, I think what we're both saying is if you have growth marketing and e-commerce strategy talent on your team already, then absolutely continue to pursue selling on your own website. If that's new to you, I think it's it's a much better use of your time and resources to send a few large shipments to one of these websites than to send thousands of packages to customers that um, could be really hard to scale in the short term and present new challenges that you're not hand- able to handle right now. Yeah, absolutely. So it goes back to wholesale, just wholesale through mm-hmm. e-commerce rather than a brick and mortar. Yes. Okay. Can we talk about the bright side of what's happening right now? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. So I, I love this idea that a few things, I love this idea that we are in control of how we respond to this situation. And I know Mm -hmm. that is easier said than done, but one of the things Amrit that we're talking a lot about in retail ready is how can I use this experience and how can I use this time to work on my business and to help new consumers find my product. And I think you brought up a really great point here, thinking about the 
attributes that your product line has and how can they be problem solving products for your consumers at this moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My advice is frame your better for you brand as a product consumer should buy because it keeps them healthy, that it's versatile, um, that it brings relaxation. Um, don't try to trick people into buying your product or stocking up on it out of fear. They're going to remember that. Um, and it's, um, it's not going to be a good feeling when they want to buy your product months from now, um, for a different reason. Um, I would promote the, the really promote the benefits of your product. Um, if it's, if it's an immunity shot, if it, um, if it's wellness oriented, if it's high protein, uh, if it's simple to use, um, Mm. more and more people, um, they're going to be cooking right now. Some people are going to be cooking that never cooked for themselves or their families because (laughs) parents work and maybe they, um, maybe they order food a lot or they're just not the savviest of cooks. And if you have products that are meal helpers or, or fun frozen side dishes, or just things that even kids can make themselves, Mm -hmm. um, those are, those products are going to fly off the the shelves right now or the digital shelves. Um, because that really brings people peace, peace of mind. They're not buying your, your beans or your sauces. They're buying the time that they're going to save and how healthy they're going to keep their family right now. Um, everyone is stressed. You don't have to remind people (laughs) what, what's going on around the world right now, but you can bring them peace of mind through healthy food and beverages. And I think that's a bigger opportunity than our our communities realize right now um, that natural products are going to be high in demand as long as they're within those um, in-demand categories like pantry staples, frozen foods, yeah. um, easy meals, side dishes. Um, that's what people want right now, regardless of their budget. Yes, so absolutely. We have a, I, I had a conversation with a tortilla maker um, earlier this morning and she was questioning, she was like, well, Allie, like it feels a little trite to be posting on social media right now. It feels like off, you know, it feels off to do that. And I, I said this, ex- the same exact thing on that now more than ever, those parents who are at home with their kids want to hear from your tortilla brand. And they want to hear how easy it is to get dinner on the table with the help of your tortillas. Um, not, you know, not yes. selling out of not selling out of fear, right? Yes. Yeah. And if, if, um, if there are, are parents on your team or founding team, do Instagram stories about that. Let people know that your products and recommended recipes are made with families in mind. That's going to separate you from a bigger brand that's just trying to push product right now. I love that idea. And I think one of the powerful things that our emerging brand community has that some of the bigger players don't have is that personal story behind it and that ability to connect with the consumer on that on that deeper level. I love that idea with Instagram stories. So Amri, you you talked a little bit about promoting the benefits of your product, thinking about the wellness aspect or the immunity aspect and things like that. But I still, I still think, and I still see that brands are a little bit hesitant to grow right now or to promote their products right now, feeling like they're taking advantage of coronavirus or like cashing in on this state of panic with the, with their consumers. Have, are you seeing this as well? I am seeing that, but at the same time, I think better for you brands and our communities are really good at authenticity. 
Mm-hmm. So if they, they focus on being themselves and doubling down on their mission and values and bringing that through through their marketing, I, I don't think it will come off as disingenuous. Um, as long as you don't word, uh, as long as you don't use keywords that are related to coronavirus. Again, there's no <laughs> yeah. no need to remind everyone um, that a lot of people are are stuck at home right now, and um, and people are scared for various reasons. Um, they're scared for their jobs, for their families, for themselves, um, for the country, and you can really bring bring people down to a calmer state with comfort food. Uh, with, um, with a ginger tea tonic, um, with alcohol, you know, people are coping in different ways. Um, and one, one thing I always tell my clients is that no, no matter where the economy's at, people will always buy food, beverages, beauty, and booze. So if you're in one of those categories, you're in a good spot. You just have to get in front of people in a different way than you have been in the last couple of years. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I love your point here that there's no need to use the words like pandemic, crisis, COVID. You know, we we all know what's on people's minds and the more that you can show up as that calm, comforting brand, the the more success you're going to have. Yes. And and another thing to to note with so many grocery stores and and online stores um selling out of basic needs, this is a opportunity for indie brands to shine. I just bought a 24 pack of toilet paper from Bibby um, to to support a friend, but also because I couldn't find it anywhere in my city. And I was thrilled to support an emerging brand. Um, And there there is peace of mind in knowing that that's coming to my house in a few weeks and I don't have to forage for it in San Francisco. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm like writing down, (laughs) like note to order some Bibby. it's a, it's a great opportunity for people to discover new products. And I know that we're, we're painting a, you know, a beautiful situation here, but can we, and I'm going to take it again, like a little bit dark. What happens sure. if your product is not doing well right now? Like what happens if you're sitting here listening to this podcast and you're like, okay, great Allie, but like, that's not the reality for me. Um, my sales are down. My, I'm anxious about my cash flow. Like what advice would you have for brands who are in that situation? My, my advice would be to, to look at your existing distribution channels. And if you were primarily relying on retail or especially mom and pop retailers and yep. small grocery chains, um, then the problem is retail and not you. And that people are just buying things differently. I would still give your brand brand a chance um, and get really creative and scrappy about selling through other channels or cross-promoting with other brands, doing giveaways, selling, uh, sorry, uh, uh, sharing customer acquisition costs with other brands. If your, your brand was, was um, increasing in sales since you started and all of a sudden it's at a halt, then you can fix it. Um, but if you were having sales challenges before this month, then there might be other things to, uh, Right, like that are go causing back. the problem. Yeah, exactly. Like go back to the strategy as a whole. Yeah, um, but if if your only problem right now is the retailers that you've already partnered with aren't re-upping their orders because they're prioritizing pantry staples and cleaning supplies, then focus on 
e-commerce. Right. Because you know, your brand sells, right? You already, Mm -hmm. you've got a, you've got a a market fit. You know, that people want your product. They want what you're selling at the price point that you're asking for and all of that. It's just a matter of, again, adapting to change and pursuing other sales channels rather than throwing in the towel. Yes. Um, And another thing to to consider is if you are having a, a slowdown in sales, pause any contracts that you have for ordering more product to sell until you sell your existing inventory. Really look at all of the contracts that you have. I would advise that for um, for brands that are in, uh, experiencing e- increase in sales right now as well. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you can keep up with any contracts that you have right now. You might have to go to your co-packer and say, we need double what we ordered last month. Um, yeah. Or that we may have. Yes. You know, right. Right. Either way. But being thoughtful and strategic about where your cash is going is going to, to, I don't want to say make or break your business, but that, that is so key looking at, yeah. at your cash and your inventory and, yes. and your, you know, your own supply chain. Amrit, so what what I'm hearing you say and what I'm I'm saying as well is that cash flow is really where brands have to focus right now and making sure that they are managing their expenses and managing their inventory, right? Um, but this isn't new for a founder. No, it it isn't new. And I guarantee you, every founder who sells in Whole Foods is thinking about the same things that you are. You need to go out and, and find peers through Retail Ready or NDCPG or just email founders that you admire um, and make new friends right now because you'll feel much better about the hard decisions that you're, you have to make. Um, yeah. And not yeah. feel uncomfortable about these topics that um, could be make or break for your brand if you don't get out of your own way and make hard decisions. Yeah, I totally agree with you here. And, you know, one of the, I've seen a lot of, panic on social media with emerging brands where people say like, well, what am I going to do now? Like, what am I going to do with all my free time since I didn't go to expo and I didn't go, you know, and who knows if I can go to fancy food and you know, what am I going to do now? Because I can't pitch wholesale. And my response is always that I have never met a foodpreneur who has too much time on their hands. You know, this is the time to assess your business from a high level and make sure that your financials are in place, that you understand your cogs, that you are looking at your distribution model, that you know who your target consumers on are, like on and on and on. Like there is so much to do right now, even if you're shifting your focus slightly away from brick and brick and mortar, right? Yes. Um, all of all of those little decisions add up to what your strategy is going to be in the next two to six months. Yeah. Um, and in, in, in some cases, it's appropriate to include your team on some of those decisions or, or let them know that those decisions are being made, so that they have peace of mind, just like the peace of mind that you want to give to your customers. Um, give your team some some calm and relaxation, knowing that you are on it. And that you are doing everything you can to keep up with demand or go out and finding new distribution partners to make sure that you're serving your customers and your team and yourself. Founders need to take care of themselves right now too. Yeah. I think that that the topic of how you treat your team and how you protect your team right now is so important. The last thing you want to do is leave your team in the dark and have them wonder like, 
about the security of their own future at your company. Um, Amrit, one of my business coaches, we, we were on the phone this morning and one of the things that she did for her team today, which I thought was so amazing, is that she just bought them each an annual subscription to Headspace, the meditation app. Mm. And she has told them that she will pay them or, you know, they can clock it as paid time to do a meditation every day. I love that. I know. I thought it was so smart. And, you know, that that's not a big expense. Um, and it really helps protect the, the mind, the, you know, peace of mind and the sanity of her employees. Mm-hmm. And yeah. productivity loss is a cost. If your yes. team is, yes. does not have a North star right now, even if you um, have a really strong mission and everybody who you hired aligns with your culture and values, um, everybody's lives have changed in the last couple of weeks. They, they, they might need some realignment to make sure that one, they, they know that you're on top of the business um, and that you can earn some new trust with them by being transparent uh, with where the business is at today. Yeah. Um, and two, through providing Headspace credits or virtual fitness apps, um, mm. anything that, that um, gives your team a chance to, to unwind and stay focused is going to in your business. People are going to be able to focus on work while they're working at home and not worrying if they're going to have a job in a month or two. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's really time for these, for our food entrepreneurs to step up as leaders for their team and realize that even if you don't know what the plan is, it's still important to reassure your team that you are working on it and that, um, that, that, that where they stand in your company, right? Whether it's good news or bad news. Yes. And I would say the same for your investors and advisors. They are part mm. of your extended team and yep. checking in with them more often than a, your normal monthly update will go a long way right now. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, I'll, I'll say, and that also goes for your retailers and your distributors mm-hmm. and your brokers. I, I think we can go back to this idea that over communication is, is key right now. That the more you can be in touch with all of the people who make your company a success, the the more likely that they will stick around and root for you and help you get through this. 100%. And for investors, keeping in, in touch with them and over-communicating right now, you could be getting strategic help to scale or reduce your overhead, see what your follow-on fundraising options are. You could get introductions to potential investors from your existing cap table for, for uh new investors in the future. Um, all of that builds trust with whoever you're communicating with and you're going to need that trust later on this year. Yeah, absolutely. Can we talk about some other things that brands can be doing right now? So we, we talked about finding peers through Indie CPG and Retail Ready and you know making sure that you have a community of other founders who are going through the same things. We talked about creative collaborations with other brands, you know, sharing costs with other brands, any other things that you're seeing brands do right now that are a little bit creative? I've been seeing some brands in our community offer free shipping, even on very low value cart orders, Mm -hmm. like 20, $30. Um, And they're, they're offering free shipping as their customer acquisition costs right now. And I think it's really smart. They're, they're letting their customers know, we want to make sure that you get our products. Yeah. We know that, that um, our products are more important than ever right now. So let's make sure that we get them to your door. 
And that's going to build trust and loyalty that, that could turn into a subscription customer down the line um, just because you, you covered a 5 or $10 shipping fee. Oh, absolutely. I saw Recess do this this morning. I got an email in my inbox and they were offering 10% off and free shipping on orders. I think it was same, like $25 or something. And so I was like, yeah, now is the time that I am going to try Recess, like ship directly to my door. It was perfect. Mm -hmm. I felt taken care of. Mm -hmm. And it worked. It did. It did. And now I'm, you know, and especially because, you know, for those who don't know, recess is a sparkling beverage that is, that has CBD in it. And so, you know, they got me because they said something about, you know, working from home, stressed about what's going on, like give our, give our functional beverage a chance. I was like, yes, yes, I will. It really spoke to me. (laughs) What else are you seeing people, people do right now? I, I'm seeing people be more frugal with things they don't need to be spending money on. Um, mm-hmm. So reassessing your performance marketing and making sure that you have a very defined target audience yeah. and not just people who shop at natural grocers in a certain city, but uh, really, really honing in on, on what's going to deliver the most ROI right now. I'm not saying performance marketing is is bad, but it's only good when there's a a target. Yeah. Um, And I think Amrit, what you're saying too, is that again, going back to that brand who has never run paid advertising before and is really, you know, scrambling to get a direct to consumer strategy in place right now, right. Starting to run paid Facebook ads this week is not going to be the best place for you to invest your time or money. Right. And, and going back to, to the, um, the cut that one of these curated marketplaces is going to take, compare that to what you would spend on setting up your direct to consumer strategy and all of the, the online ads that you would have to place yeah. to, 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 to make your new website successful and com- compare your options in the short term. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, now we're getting into nitty gritty, but turning on ad- online advertising doesn't work overnight. You know, there is right. absolutely some some time where you are potentially looking at a, at a negative ROI as you try to figure out who your audience is online and how to get in front of them. So mm-hmm. I, I always caution people that that's not the quick fix when you're looking to, you know, um, get a little bit of extra cash. Right. And, and historically for CPG companies, Online ads are more about awareness than sales because it's really hard to yes. drive people to to a website to try a box set of bars or or a beverage if they haven't tried it before. Yeah. Um, it's great if you already have brand awareness and then you become loyal to that brand online and you set up a subscription. But I think people have to try a product first um, if it's food or beverage or or whatnot. Yeah. But I mean, before absolutely. they absolutely they buy a a month's supply of it. Right. Exactly. Um, like, let's be clear. I have consumed recess many times purchased, you know, off a, off a shelf. Um, right. and so that's, that's what made the sale so easy for me this morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Um, I'm also, uh, on, on the topic of being, being frugal and cutting burn rate where you can, um, you can pause or renegotiate software and services contracts. Basically, if, if you're not in your office for a month, evaluate all of the, the services that were 
that were making your office a great experience for employees and figure out how to redirect that budget to keeping people comfortable at home. Absolutely. So you had the example of uh, a sparkling water that was donating sales this week, right, to one of their partners. Um, Can you remind me of that example? Yeah, that was Sanzo Sparkling Water based out of New York City. And right now they're raising about 5% of their revenue for um, restaurants that they work with. And I think that's so admirable. And I hope that more brands do that right now to be able to use their platforms and influence to help the people that aren't able to work from home. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I don't know how many, I don't know how many retail workers we have listening to this podcast, but I, I do think it's also important to take a moment and just thank all of our people in retail and restaurants and hospitality who are still showing up for their shifts and providing the services that are keeping us going on the day to day. That's got to be a very, very tough position to, to be in right now. Yes. Um, they're all, all our heroes right now. And I've grown up around the restaurant business. My mom has a, a restaurant in Los Angeles and over the weekend, she set up a home delivery program that's focused on on comfort food and meals that people can put right in the freezer in the oven. And she has her whole team on board to help make the food and having her waiters deliver the food. It's all done in house. And um, a lot of restaurants are are trying to figure out how to adapt themselves and still take care of their teams, their customers, their communities. Um, Everyone's adapting. It's not just you. Yeah. I think that's a great, a great note to end on, but um, you know, time and time again throughout this episode, we've said that founders are not alone in this challenge, that everyone is, everyone has concerns right now. Everyone is thinking about what, you know, where their business is going and what's happening next. And um, the more that founders and managers can find their community to help them get through this, the better. So Amrit, any last words, any, any resources that you want to talk about, any, any place where people can come and find you and keep in touch? Um, how do you, what, what message do you want to send to people who are, have listened all the way to the end? My last message is adapting to change in your company, industry, or country is how you win the long game. And hopefully this is short term for everyone, but don't forget why you started your business, why everyone who joined your company um, wants to be on your team and make sure that people have space and resources to do their best work right now while they're at home. I love that. I, I think that that is, it's, that's such a powerful way to, to end this, Amrit. And I'm, I'm so appreciative of this conversation that we had today. I know it's a it's a tough topic to talk about, but it, it is important to realize that we're not alone. Um, and the faster we can adapt, the more success we'll find. So how can people stay in touch with you or find out more about IndieCPG? Go to IndieCPG.com where you can sign up for our weekly newsletter. And if you're a founder of a sustainable brand, you can apply to get our founder and operator newsletter that has extra resources, growth opportunities, lots of content in the upcoming weeks about adapting to change in our industry and other uh, resources that I recommend are our friends at Food and Tech Connect. Mm. If you don't subscribe to their newsletter, definitely sign up. Um, They're covering change in 
all aspects of the food industry, CPG, retail, restaurants, and I've really love their newsletter for for keeping up with what's going on globally around food and beverages. Me too. Food Tech Connect and Indie CPG are the two that I read on the regular. Um, So I'll drop, I'll make sure to drop links to both of those in our show notes. So if you're listening right now, don't worry, I'll include Amrit's website, Indie CPG in there, and then the Food Tech Connect newsletter. So you can make sure to keep up to date on all of the changes that that are going on right now. Amrit, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I'm so appreciative of your time. You're welcome. Thank you as well. Okay, Wizzes. So thank you again for tuning in today and for tuning into the Food Biz Wiz podcast during these weird times. So my goal is to provide you with consistent, reliable content that both motivates you to keep moving forward with your business and reassures you that you are part of a bigger community of foodpreneurs looking to support one another. I would be honored if you join us in the Food Biz Wiz Facebook group where we have over 600 food business entrepreneurs sharing ideas and getting support right now. So if you are feeling lost or confused right now, we are here to help you. Find the Facebook group at foodbizwiz.com or through the show notes, and I will see you in there. Thanks again, and we'll see you right here next week. Remember, I'd love to see you join our key three accountability challenge, regardless of when you listen to this episode. Now is the time to focus on small wins in our business, in our mental health, and in our community engagement. And I want to support you all along the way. Join the free challenge by clicking through in the show notes or at foodbizwiz.com. I know the power of community and working together to get through challenging times. Come join us and find the free support that you crave during this period. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Wiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.